0: Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, celebrating 50 years of sharing God's unconditional love and grace.
1: Welcome to the Gospel Truth broadcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the Gospel Truth. You are three parts spirit, soul, and body. Healing is a part of the atonement of Christ. God wants you well. How can you doubt that you'll get it if you've already got it? You're already blessed. EVERYTHING THAT JESUS CAME TO DO, THE POWER FOR IT IS RELEASED THROUGH THE GOSPEL, THE GOOD NEWS, THE NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE NEWS. WELCOME TO OUR FRIDAY'S BROADCAST OF THE GOSPEL TRUTH. TODAY IS MY LAST DAY IN THIS SERIES THAT I'VE DONE FOR FOUR WEEKS, WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED? AND i TELL YOU, THIS HAS BEEN POWERFUL. THIS IS A BRAND NEW BOOK. I'VE NEVER OFFERED THIS BEFORE. THIS IS BASED ON WHAT GOD ASKED ADAM WHEN HE SAID, WHERE ARE YOU? AND ADAM SAID, I WAS AFRAID AND I HID MYSELF BECAUSE I WAS NAKED. AND GOD SAID, WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED? GOD DIDN'T TELL HIM THAT. AND IT WASN'T THE DEVIL THAT TOLD HIM THAT. IT WAS HIS OWN CONSCIENCE. WHEN HE ATE OF THE TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL, THAT'S WHERE A CONSCIENCE began TO FUNCTION IN MANKIND. AND IT HAS A PURPOSE. AND THAT IS TO SHOW US OUR SIN, TO SHOW US OUR NEED FOR GOD AND TO DRIVE US TO GOD. BUT AFTER YOU COME TO GOD, YOU DON'T NEED TO HAVE THAT CONSCIENCE CONDEMNING YOU ANYMORE BECAUSE IN CHRIST THERE IS NO CONDEMNATION. WE'VE USED A BUNCH OF THESE SCRIPTURES. AND YESTERDAY I WAS TEACHING OUT OF 1 JOHN CHAPTER 3 VERSES 18 THROUGH 20 AND I WAS TALKING ABOUT WE HAVE TO ASSURE OUR HEART THAT OUR HEART CAN CONDEMN US WHEN GOD ISN'T CONDEMNING US AND IF WE CAN PURGE OUR CONSCIENCE SO THAT WE AREN'T FEELING THAT CONDEMNATION, THAT GIVES US CONFIDENCE TOWARDS GOD. AND AS I WAS MAKING THAT POINT, I BROUGHT THIS UP ABOUT ENOCH. I DON'T THINK I EVEN SAID THIS IN THE BOOK. YOU NEED TO GET THE CD'S OR SOMETHING SO THAT YOU CAN GO AHEAD AND GET ALL OF THIS. But uh, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And um, it just dawned on me as I was making yesterday's program that this is really a great test of where you are in purging your conscience. Can you say that you please God? IT SAYS HERE THAT HE HAD THIS TESTIMONY WHICH MEANT THAT HE SPOKE THIS OUT. HE WENT AROUND TELLING PEOPLE THAT I PLEASE GOD. COULD YOU DO THAT? I CAN GUARANTEE YOU THE VAST MAJORITY OF PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM COULD NOT GO UP AND JUST SAY, I PLEASE GOD. YOUR CONSCIENCE WOULD SMITE YOU BECAUSE YOU KNOW THAT YOU AREN'T DOING EVERYTHING RIGHT. BUT SEE, THE CONSCIENCE... Before you come to the Lord, it's pointing out these individual things that you do and it leads us to repentance and it makes us turn from our own self-righteousness and receive God. But once you make Jesus your Lord, then your relationship with God is not based upon your actions. It's based upon what Jesus did and when you put faith in Jesus and receive Him as your Savior, now you are pleasing to God not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did for you. I quoted this verse a couple of times this week, but in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, it says that to... It's talking about that we've been predestinated uh, to be children of God to the... In verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Grace is talking about not your performance, but God's goodness independent of your performance, separate from what you've done. TO THE PRAISE OF THE GLORY OF HIS GRACE, WHEREIN HE HATH MADE US ACCEPTED IN THE BELOVED. WE ARE ACCEPTED. WE PLEASE GOD, NOT BECAUSE OF YOUR WORKS, BUT BECAUSE OF WHAT GOD DID FOR YOU, AND YOU JUST ACCEPTED IT. AND WHEN YOU DO THAT, YOU BECOME ACCEPTED IN THE BELOVED. DID YOU KNOW THAT THE WORD THAT WAS USED FOR ACCEPTED RIGHT HERE IN VERSE 6 IS THE EXACT SAME WORD THAT WAS USED IN LUKE CHAPTER 1 WHEN THE ANGEL SAID, HAIL THOU THAT art HIGHLY FAVORED AMONG WOMEN, THE LORD IS WITH YOU. WHEN GABRIEL APPEARED UNTO MARY AND SAID, YOU ARE HIGHLY FAVORED, THAT'S THE ONLY OTHER TIME IN SCRIPTURE THAT THIS WORD IS USED. WHEN MARY WAS HIGHLY FAVORED, AND HERE IT SAYS, WE ARE MADE ACCEPTED IN THE BELOVED. WE ARE HIGHLY FAVORED. WE ARE LOVED. WE ARE PLEASING TO GOD, NOT BECAUSE YOUR ACTIONS PLEASE GOD, GOD IS LOOKING AT YOU IN THE SPIRIT. JOHN 4, 24 SAYS GOD IS THE SPIRIT AND THOSE WHO uh, WORSHIP HIM MUST WORSHIP HIM IN SPIRIT AND IN TRUTH. GOD IS RELATING TO YOU SPIRIT TO SPIRIT AND IF YOU'VE BEEN BORN AGAIN, YOU ARE A NEW CREATURE. YOU ARE IN RIGHTEOUSNESS AND TRUE HOLINESS AND GOD IS PLEASED WITH YOU. YOU PLEASE GOD. MAN, THAT IS AWESOME. AND ENOCH WENT AROUND SAYING THIS TO PEOPLE. I PLEASE GOD. WHAT WAS THE RESULTS? He got translated. He didn't die. He got caught up into heaven. Apparently, God must have been pleased with him knowing that God was pleased. You know, if you had children that just felt like you hated them and they bore this constant sense of guilt, it would grieve you. Now, we it's not a perfect example because we aren't perfect parents and we do make mistakes and there are times that we don't SHOW THE PERFECT LOVE OF GOD. BUT you, YOU THINK ABOUT GOD THE FATHER. BACK IN THE BOOK OF GENESIS where, all, WHERE HE STARTED WITH ALL THIS WHEN HE SAID, WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED? DID YOU KNOW THAT ADAM AND EVE, WHEN THEY GOT THIS CONSCIENCE, THEY RAN FROM GOD INSTEAD OF TO GOD. THEY SOLD FIG LEAVES TOGETHER TO TRY AND COVER THEIR NAKEDNESS. THEY HID FROM GOD. AND THEY WERE ASHAMED. I BELIEVE IT GRIEVED GOD THAT THEY WOULD RUN FROM HIM INSTEAD OF TO HIM. He had never treated them badly. He had never done anything wrong. He had never shown any displeasure, and yet immediately their conscience drove them away from God. And I can guarantee you, it grieved the heart of the Lord. Matter of fact, in the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis, it says that it grieved the Lord at His heart that He had made man, and He repented. Man, that's a, those are strong statements. You know, God loves us. God created us for fellowship and it grieves the Lord that we don't believe that we are accepted with Him. Again, some of you are saying, but I'm not doing everything right. It's not based on your actions. God is not relating to you based on what you've done. If you've never made Jesus your Lord then your conscience is constantly condemning you and telling you that you're wrong and that God's displeased with you and you experience those same feelings that Adam and Eve did where they ran and hid from God. And there is a good purpose for that to show you that you need God, you need forgiveness. But once you come to Jesus and once you make Him your Lord, now you have been made accepted in the Beloved. You are highly favored IN YOUR SPIRIT, YOU ARE AS RIGHTEOUS AND HOLY AND PURE AS JESUS IS BECAUSE IT IS THE SPIRIT OF JESUS THAT'S BEEN SENT INTO YOUR HEART. THAT'S WHAT GALATIANS CHAPTER 4 SAYS, THAT THE SPIRIT OF HIS SON HAS BEEN SENT INTO OUR HEARTS, CRYING, ABBA, FATHER. IN ROMANS CHAPTER 8, VERSE 9, IT SAYS, IF ANY MAN HAVE NOT THE SPIRIT OF CHRIST, HE IS NONE OF HIS. IF YOU WERE TRULY BORN AGAIN, THEN YOU RECEIVE THE SPIRIT OF CHRIST. AND GOD IS A SPIRIT, AND HE'S LOOKING AT YOU IN THE SPIRIT, AND HE SEES YOU AS RIGHTEOUS AND HOLY AND PURE AS JESUS IS, AND GOD IS PLEASED WITH YOU, THE NEW YOU, THE BORN AGAIN YOU. 2 CORINTHIANS five seventeen: IF ANY MAN'S IN CHRIST, HE'S A NEW CREATURE. OLD THINGS ARE PASSED AWAY. ALL THINGS ARE BECOME NEW. GOD IS LOOKING AT YOU IN THE SPIRIT. HE'S RELATING TO YOU BASED ON WHO YOU ARE IN HIM. You know, I forget the exact number, but I think it's over 300 and something times. I related it to 365 days in a year. I think there's something like nearly 365 times that it talks about being in Christ, in Him, in whom, all of these kind of things. Our, Our relationship with God is based on being in Christ, in this new person. And because of that, you please God. If you can't say that, if you can't say, I please God, if you can't say, I'm the righteousness of God, because your conscience instantly brings back some error, some fault, some failure in your life and your heart condemns you, then you haven't yet purged your conscience from dead works. According to Hebrews chapter 10, you haven't yet entered into that holy place. You are still worshiping God outside the veil because you feel unworthy and separated from God. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you have been set free. If you are born again, God has forgiven you of all sins. I already dealt with this in the past weeks, but past, present, and even future sins have been forgiven. God is not holding sin against you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse... Um, let me look this up and so I can get the exact verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath, reconciled us. The word reconcile means to make friendly again or to bring into harmony. Notice it's in the past tense. He hath reconciled us. And I taught this earlier in this series, but you aren't just reconciled until the next time you sin. All of your sins, past, present, and even future sins have been forgiven. You are reconciled. You have already been reconciled. You will be reconciled in the future. If you made Jesus your Lord, you are accepted with God, not because of what you've done but because of what Jesus did for you. And all you've got to do is put faith in Jesus as your Savior, and that makes you pleasing to God. It makes you accepted in the blood. It makes you highly favored. So he hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. How did he do this? How did God make us friendly and bring us back into harmony? It goes on to say, not imputing their trespasses unto them. This is how it, it works. God isn't holding your trespasses, God isn't holding your sins against you. If you had never made Jesus your Lord, God has already paid for your sins, but you have to accept that. You have to put faith in Jesus. It says in Ephesians 2 8, by grace we are saved. That's God's part where He paid for your sins. BY GRACE ARE WE SAVED THROUGH FAITH. FAITH IS YOUR PART. YOU HAVE TO PUT FAITH IN JESUS. BUT ONCE YOU PUT FAITH IN JESUS, HEBREWS eleven six, 6, FAITH IS WHAT PLEASES GOD. AND ONCE YOU DO THAT, YOU RECEIVE THIS NEW SALVATION, AND GOD IS NOT IMPUTING YOUR SINS UNTO YOU ANYMORE. AND I'M TELLING YOU, THERE ARE PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM THAT IF YOU DON'T KNOW JESUS, YOU NEED TO ACCEPT THAT SALVATION. AND WE'VE GOT A NUMBER YOU CAN CALL. THERE ARE PEOPLE THAT WILL PRAY WITH YOU AND YOU COULD BE BORN AGAIN TODAY. BUT I CAN TELL YOU THAT THERE ARE MILLIONS OF CHRISTIANS WATCHING THIS PROGRAM WHO YOU HAVE BEEN ACCEPTED IN THE BELOVED. YOUR SINS HAVE BEEN FORGIVEN. GOD IS NOT IMPUTING YOUR SINS UNTO YOU. AND YET YOUR CONSCIENCE IS STILL CONDEMNING YOU BECAUSE YOU KNOW THAT YOU AREN'T DOING EVERYTHING RIGHT. MANY PEOPLE JUST LIVE IN A CONSTANT STATE OF CONDEMNATION. EVEN IF YOU CAN'T THINK OF A SINGLE SIN YOU'VE DONE, YOU JUST LIVE WITH A SENSE OF UNWORTHINESS, KNOWING THAT YOU AREN'T... MAYBE YOU AREN'T DOING THE THINGS THAT ARE WRONG, YOU AREN'T BREAKING THE COMMANDMENTS, BUT YOU AREN'T DOING ALL OF THE GOOD THAT YOU SHOULD DO. YOU'RE TOO SELFISH. YOU DON'T THINK ABOUT OTHER PEOPLE. YOU DON'T PRAY. YOU DON'T DO THE GOOD THAT YOU SHOULD DO. AND YOU JUST LIVE IN A CONSTANT STATE OF CONDEMNATION. For you, IN ORDER FOR YOU TO SERVE THE LIVING GOD AND BE EFFECTIVE, YOU HAVE TO PURGE YOUR CONSCIENCE FROM DEAD WORKS. YOU'VE GOT TO GET OVER THIS. AND THAT'S WHAT THIS WHOLE TEACHING HAS BEEN ABOUT. YOU KNOW, uh, WHEN I FIRST STARTED IN MINISTRY, THERE IS A RESPONSIBILITY THAT GOES WITH MINISTRY THAT IS SOBERING. AND IN A WAY, IT'S FEARFUL. To stand up and minister, it says, you know, that those who have been committed much will be there. Will be much required of them, and over in the book of James, you know, if you if you speak a lot, it says, men, we all offend, and we are going to be um, more guilty for the things that we say. And so, anyway, when I first started in ministry, I knew it was a serious thing. I could mention to you right now, probably. I could could name probably a dozen of our Bible college graduates that after they left here, they committed suicide. And man, I think of things like that. Every time I get up, there are people whose life is in the balance and we have an opportunity to impact them and I've got to do uh, a good job. And So anyway, because of this, when I first started in ministry, man, there was a holy fear And I felt like, oh God, I've got to do everything right. I've got to be holy. I've got to be pure for you to speak through me. And let me say that there is benefit to your heart not condemning you. And there's a couple of ways you can do this. One of them is you could quit giving it so many occasions against you. Amen. So one of the ways you purge your conscience is just to quit violating it. Start living a life to where you do not violate your conscience. But... None of us do this perfectly. And ultimately, the, the ultimate key to purging your conscience is you're going to have to stand in who you are in Christ and stand based on uh, the fact that He made you righteous, not because you deserve it, but because it was a gift, the gift of righteousness. But when I first started in ministry, man, I was trying to live as holy and do all of these things. And yet my heart would always condemn me. Regardless of how much I tried, I never did enough. I REMEMBER ONE TIME THAT I STUDIED THE WORD 15 HOURS ONE DAY AND I WAS FEELING REALLY GOOD ABOUT IT. AND BOY, I GOT TO THINKING, WELL, YOU WERE UP 16 HOURS. YOU WASTED AN HOUR. AND I wound UP BEING CONDEMNED ABOUT IT. IF YOU ARE TRUSTING IN YOUR PERFORMANCE, YOU'RE NEVER GOING TO PERFORM WELL ENOUGH. AND WHEN I FIRST STARTED IN MINISTRY, I HAD TO LEARN THIS. AND I GUARANTEE YOU, THERE ARE TIMES THAT I WENT IN TO MINISTER where I hadn't been studying the Word. I hadn't done things. Maybe Jamie and I were upset with each other and we weren't walking in love the way that we should. And my own conscience was sitting here condemning me. And I, I just had to get up and refuse to let my conscience condemn me. I had to stand in who I am in Christ and uh, tell them about who Jesus is, not about who I am, not about how holy I'm living, And over a period of time, I've learned to purge my conscience. Some of the greatest things that I've ever seen God do through me happened when I was at my worst. Matter of fact, it's like the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he says, when I'm weak, then am I strong. Some people don't understand that. But when I recognize that, God, I can't do this. I don't deserve it. I haven't been doing things. I haven't been studying the Word. God, I don't deserve it. And I push through that and say, but I'm not going to stand in myself. I'm going to stand in who you are. When I'm weak in my flesh, when I'm aware of that weakness and I push beyond that and I purge my conscience and I stand there and say, in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Andrew Womack, not because of what I've done, but because of Jesus. And when I do that, that's when I see the greatest miracles. SOME OF THE GREATEST THINGS I HAVE EVER SEEN HAPPEN IN MY LIFE IS WHEN my CONSCIENCE WAS FIGHTING AGAINST ME AND I JUST WENT AHEAD, PURGED THAT CONSCIENCE AND STOOD IN WHO I AM IN CHRIST. AND I'M OFFERING THIS TO YOU. THIS IS WHAT THIS WHOLE SERIES IS ABOUT. GOD IS NOT THE ONE THAT'S CONDEMNING YOU. IF YOU HAVE BEEN BORN AGAIN, YOU ARE NOW ACCEPTED IN THE BELOVED. YOU COULD GO AROUND WITH THIS TESTIMONY THAT I PLEASE GOD. I AM THE RIGHTEOUSNESS OF GOD. AND IT JUST WILL SET YOU FREE. IT WILL BREAK THE DOMINION OF SIN OVER YOU. ACTUALLY, THIS GUILT AND CONDEMNATION THAT WE FEEL, IT KEEPS US IN SIN. WHEN PEOPLE ARE PREACHING THE LAW, You know, I had not got the time to go through all of this, but the law will actually make sin come alive is what it says in Romans chapter 7. If you preach and condemn people and if you sin, if you go out here and commit this sexual sin, God's angry at you. God's going to judge you. It actually makes sin come alive. Preaching the law and condemning people strengthens sin. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 56 that the strength of sin is the law. When you preach the law, when you preach a performance-based relationship with God, it actually makes sin come alive. It makes sin dominate people. Once you start understanding that it's not based on your performance, but it's a free gift, you receive the free gift of righteousness, Romans chapter 5. And once you understand that, it actually breaks the dominion of sin in your life. Once you understand how much God loves you and you start receiving that love in spite of who you are, not because of who you are, it will actually break the dominion of sin over you. Let me give you a verse that just says this in those words, just about is what it says. In Romans chapter 6 and in verse um, 14, it says, "...for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace." THIS IS SAYING GRACE BREAKS THE DOMINION OF SIN OVER YOUR LIFE. YOU COULD TURN IT AROUND in THIS WAY AND SAY THAT IF YOU WERE UNDER THE LAW, SIN WILL HAVE DOMINION OVER YOU. AND LIKE THAT VERSE I ALREADY used IN ROMANS CHAPTER 7, THAT I WAS ALIVE WITHOUT THE LAW ONCE, BUT WHEN THE COMMANDMENT CAME, SIN REVIVED, AND I DIED, AND THE COMMANDMENT WHICH WAS ORDAINED TO LIFE I FOUND TO BE UNTO DEATH. IF YOU WERE UNDER THE LAW AND... Again, don't think that the law just means the Old Testament sacrifices and wearing certain garbs and keeping feast days. Today, we don't do that, but we, it's like we're going down the same road. We just change the vehicles. Today, the law is I've got to pray. I've got to fast. I've got to live holy. I've got to go to church. I've got to pay my tithes. That's the same mentality. If you are basing... GOD'S LOVE AND ACCEPTANCE OF YOU BASED ON HOW HOLY YOU ARE LIVING, YOU ARE UNDER THE LAW, AND THAT CAUSES SIN TO HAVE DOMINION OVER YOU. BUT IF YOU ARE NOT UNDER THE LAW, BUT UNDER GRACE, THAT WILL BREAK THE DOMINION OF SIN OVER YOU. THIS IS KIND OF COUNTERINTUITIVE. WE'VE ALL BEEN TAUGHT THAT THE MORE YOU CONDEMN A PERSON, IF YOU SAY, YOU SHALL NOT DO THIS, IT'S GOING TO HELP THEM TO OVERCOME SIN. NO, THE BIBLE SAYS THAT THE LAW WAS GIVEN TO HELP SIN OVERCOME YOU. Because the truth is you had already been defeated. You just didn't know it. And the law amplified your conscience. It made this condemnation and guilt come and it just made you despair of ever saving yourself. And there was a good purpose to that to bring you to the end of yourself so that you could experience God. But once you experience God, you aren't under that schoolmaster anymore. You aren't under the law. You should not be condemned. You do not need to let your heart condemn you. This is what this whole teaching has been about. Who told you that you were naked? And I know that some of the things I've said have been radical. They are radically different than a lot of religion today. But I stand by it. And you know, again, I praise God that He calls... called me to preach this. Not only because it has blessed me so much, but you know, people... When you preach stuff like this and you're saying that God's not dealing with you based on performance and and even if you aren't living holy, God still loves you and God is pleased with you, that one of the criticisms that comes against that, people say, well, you're preaching that just so that you can justify your sin. You know, if I was out here living in adultery, if I was living in homosexuality, if if I was lying and stealing money and doing things like this... People would instantly just dismiss what I'm saying as well. You're just justifying yourself. And they would, they would, disc- I, my lifestyle would discredit it. But you know what? You can't say that about me because I have never committed adultery. I do not go out and do these other things. I have lived a holier life than most of the people that would criticize me. My preaching on grace and talking about how that I'm accepted in the beloved. HAS NOT CAUSED ME TO GO LIVE IN SIN. IT DIDN'T FREE ME TO LIVE IN SIN. IT FREED ME FROM THE GUILT AND THE DOMINION THAT THE SIN I HAVE COMMITTED uh, CAUSED IN ME. SO YOU CAN'T DISCREDIT MY MESSAGE BY SAYING THAT I'M USING THIS TO JUSTIFY AN UNGODLY LIFESTYLE. THE LOVE OF GOD, UNDERSTANDING MY ACCEPTANCE WITH GOD THROUGH JESUS, THROUGH FAITH IN HIM, HAS SET ME FREE FROM SIN. IT HAS CAUSED ME TO LIVE A HOLIER LIFE. AND I BELIEVE ANY PERSON WHO TRULY GETS HOLD OF THE TRUE GRACE OF GOD, IT WILL CAUSE YOU TO LIVE HOLIER ACCIDENTALLY THAN YOU EVER HAVE BEFORE. SO I WANT TO END THIS SERIES AND SAY JUST ONCE AGAIN TO YOU THAT IF YOU CAN'T SAY THAT YOU PLEASE GOD, IF YOUR CONSCIENCE SMITES YOU WHEN YOU SAY THAT, THEN YOU NEED THIS TEACHING ON A a GOOD CONSCIENCE. WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED? IT'S NOT GOD, IT'S NOT THE DEVIL, IT'S YOUR OWN HEART THAT'S CONDEMNING YOU AND YOU NEED TO PURGE YOUR HEART FROM DEAD WORKS SO THAT YOU CAN SERVE THE LIVING GOD. AGAIN, LET ME REMIND YOU THAT TODAY IS THE END OF MY SERIES. I'VE BEEN ON THIS FOR FOUR WEEKS AND TODAY WILL BE THE LAST DAY THAT WE'RE OFFERING THIS BRAND NEW BOOK OVER OUR PROGRAM. SO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER. HE'S GOING TO TELL YOU ABOUT THE BOOK. ALSO WE HAVE CD'S AND DVD'S. AND AGAIN, THIS IS OUR LAST DAY. SO PLEASE GO TO THE EFFORT OF GETTING THIS. I KNOW THAT THERE'S MANY OF YOU WHO WATCH AND YOU'RE DOING SOMETHING ELSE, BUT PLEASE TAKE THE EFFORT TO DO THIS. I BELIEVE THAT THIS BOOK WILL HELP YOU. SO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AND PLEASE CALL OR WRITE TODAY.
0: WE HOPE YOU ENJOYED THIS EDITION OF THE GOSPEL TRUTH. Andrew would like to extend a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Wamek Ministries. Your gifts make it possible for us to broadcast this message consistently all around the world. Because of your contributions, we've been able to put free ministry materials into the hands of millions in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about
1: becoming one today. LET ME MENTION ONCE AGAIN THAT I'VE GOT A BRAND NEW BOOK ENTITLED WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED? THIS IS ACTUALLY A STUDY in THE CONSCIENCE. IT WASN'T GOD THAT TOLD ADAM HE WAS NAKED. IT WASN'T THE DEVIL. IT WAS HIS CONSCIENCE, THAT TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL. AND I NOT ONLY HAVE THE BOOK, BUT I HAVE CD'S AND I ALSO HAVE DVD'S THAT WERE TAKEN FROM OUR TELEVISION PROGRAM. AND I TELL YOU, THIS TEACHING WOULD REALLY, REALLY HELP YOU TO HAVE A CONFIDENCE and an assurance and a boldness with God. So listen to our announcer as he gives you information how you can receive this product. Andrew's
0: teaching titled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? is available in a four-part CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. You can also get this teaching in book form. The teaching highlighted in today's series is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call we encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net.
1: Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible
0: College is raising disciples around the world. Disciples like Travis Adams, who was able to walk away from his history of drug abuse after discovering God's goodness through Andrew's Gospel
1: Truth television show.
0: I knew that God was, was speaking to me through Andrew and I literally fell off my couch, onto my knees, and while he was saying these things, and just wept. And I felt the love of God, and I was instantly set free.
1: Even after becoming the victim of an attempted homicide, through Andrew's teachings, Travis continued to renew his mind in the Word, which led him to attend Karis Bible College. As
0: partners with Andrew Womack Ministries, you are transforming the lives of people like Travis through the free
1: teachings of God's love and grace. To check out Travis's full grace encounter, visit awmi.net. I'D LIKE TO INVITE YOU TO COME TO OUR 2019 MEN'S ADVANCE. I'M GOING TO HAVE BACK JAMES BROWN AND TONY DUNGY. AND THESE GUYS ARE JUST AWESOME. THEY'VE BEEN WITH ME THE LAST YEAR OR TWO, AND WE HAVE HAD A WONDERFUL TIME. THIS IS ALSO THE FIRST TIME WE WILL HAVE USED OUR BRAND-NEW AUDITORIUM FOR THE MEN'S ADVANCE. AND GUARANTEE YOU, THE MINISTRY OF MYSELF, JAMES BROWN, AND TONY DUNGY WILL BE GREAT. REMEMBER, THAT'S MARCH the 14TH THROUGH the 16TH AT THE SANCTUARY IN WOODLAND PARK.
0: If you're a minister, experience the dynamic and life-changing organization which is now available to you, ARMY. I've found that I'm not alone. There's a whole
1: army of folks who believe the same way that I do.
0: ARMY is about receiving the love and grace message taught by Andrew Wamak. It provides you with interactive webinars, regional conferences with world-renowned speakers, and practical workshops on relevant topics. It is showing up in every message we preach in our church, every message we minister, every time we pray for someone. ARMY is also about receiving training through Andrew Womack's Continuing Education for Ministers program, made available through Caris Bible College. And it helps a young pastor like myself in smaller ministries to, to connect with larger ministries that have experienced a lot more and have so much more to offer. Get connected with ARMY today.